Okay, so we're moving on to a new series. We did I Love My Church. I hope you will continue to love your church. Uh, but we're in a new series called Unlocked. I hope you guys are excited about that. Okay, Frank, Frank is, Frank is, Frank is pumped. Okay, good. Maybe you should preach this. <laughs> um, you should be. Why? Because here's the, here's the whole thing. Here's why we're preaching this. Because last week I told you, you guys, God has a plan for you. Amen? God has, he gives each of you gifts. He didn't just give one person or select few. He gave each of us a gift. But the thing is, some of us, it's locked up in, in whatever. We have insecurities and doubt and fears of failure and whatever it is. There's, some, there's a stuff locked up. And I want to unlock that for you guys. I want to give you the keys to unlock. And it's not me. I want Jesus to unlock it. And I believe he can. Right? He can. He can absolutely do that. And here's the thing. I believe for every single one of us that Jesus has greater things for us. I mean, I, I have to stand here on stage and I can say, you can look at me and go, man, you're on stage, Tom? You're a pastor? You've got it made, man. You, you reached the pinnacle. Can I say one thing? God has more for me. God has more for me. And I want to unlock that too. So I'm preaching to myself. I want, to, I, want to, I want everything because God has a glory that he is destined for you. A glory that we don't even, can't even imagine what that looks like. When I die, when I get to heaven, I want to, I want to go look back and go, did I achieve that glory that, that, that Jesus destined for me? Well, I want, every, I want to unlock everything to try and, and reach that. How about you guys? Amen. So let's do that. So that's what we're doing. Um, God has a plan for you guys. Uh, I, I, the reason why I want to... Um, I want to talk to you guys is because uh, we're going to talk about unlocking your potential today. We're going to start off. That's a great way to kick it off. Um, and the best analogy I have is I, I own a car. Anybody own a Subaru out there? The Subaru family? All right. Let's start a mini church together. We have a Subaru convoy going. All right. Um, I got this car for free, and it was a great car. The only problem was it had a slow leak in the radiator. Like, uh, the, the, the water always kind of seeped out. And I went to, like, a couple mechanics, and the last mechanic basically put something in there to slow it down. And he slowed it down really good, but he said, it's not going to stop. It didn't fix it. And so I always have to fill in my radiator just to make sure that I, I, that I don't overheat. And so one day, I had... You know, I had the carpe diem feeling like, I'm going to take this day because I had a lot to do. I had a lot of errands to run, but I'm going to unlock my destiny for this day. I got in my car. I'm all, before that, I better fill my radiator first so my car doesn't overheat. So I'm like, okay, let's unlock my hood first. I do that. I unlock it. Guess what? The latch breaks. My latch breaks. I was going, no. Carpe diem back into my house. I can't do anything. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? My whole, my car was sidelined at that point. It was basically, I live in Kailua and I live in townhouses, so I have to park my car on the side of the road. I left it there for weeks and there was like leaves growing on it and landing on it. There's bird poop and I had like notes. Is this an abandoned car? Like what's, what's going on here? And here's the thing. We can do that to our own potential, can't we? We can hold ourselves back through whatever it is. Uh, whatever we look at ourselves and we think we're unworthy or what maybe sin in our lives. And you know what? It's kind of like, you know, my engine was good. My wind, windshield wipers worked good. I had good tires. I had one thing that was wrong, but I couldn't get into it because my, my, my hood couldn't open. And for a lot of us, we're not allowing God to open the hood and just bring healing into our lives. 
We're not allowing him to go bring, I'm going to bring restoration. And you know what? It might just be this little tweak, and that's all you need. And then now your potential is going to be reached. Well, are you guys ready to unlock some stuff? Well, we're going to give you a, a couple keys. I'm going to give you two keys today. And if you actually look at your notes, there's like little icons of keys on it. Yes. We're that good, guys. We think about that kind of stuff. That's actually Frank's idea. Let's get Frank. Yeah, woo. I'll give credit where credit's due. But we really want to hand you keys. And I want to say this. These keys might be something you've heard before in church. Maybe we've preached it before. I know we've preached this before. And you're going, I've heard this before, Tom. But the one angle I want you to look at is how it actually pertains to your potential. How does it pertain to unlocking your potential? And I want to say one thing. I look at these two keys, and they're vital. They're vital. I mean, this, these two things will make the, all the difference in the world if you really want to reach and see the greater things for the Lord. John 14, 12 says this. Jesus said this. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Now think about this. How many guys know Jesus? All right, good. How many guys know his stories and the miracles that he did? Did he do some great things here on earth? Yes, he did. What did he do? He raised people from the dead. That's right. He healed the lame. He healed the blind. He turned water into wine. Try doing that one. <laughs> going home, going. <laughs> you know? How can we top that? If he's saying, I'm going to do the same thing, greater thing, what are we, I'm going to raise the dead and they're going to be 10 years younger? What, uh, how can I top Jesus? I can't. So what does he mean by this? He means that when he, when he was here on earth, he only did a limited thing. He only went, he didn't go past 200 miles from his hometown. He only spoke to a certain few. He's saying, you know what? When I went to heaven, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And because of the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be my witness where? in the whole earth. You're going to fill the earth with my gospel. That is the greater thing you are going to do. So when Jesus said you are going to do greater things, he's like, you're going to do a greater thing. And I want to say one thing. We have done greater things. Amen. And there's greater things to come for you, for each and every single one of us. And so the first key I want to give you guys is this. Here's the first key. Voice recognition. You got to know, know Jesus' voice. How many guys have Siri? How many guys use Siri? How many guys can't stand Siri? All right, cool, awesome. I did Siri the other day, and I just was testing him out. Do you know who I am? And Siri was like, you're Tom. That's what you told me who you are. I guess the information was in there. I'm like, she actually knew who I was. But here's the thing. We hear voices all the time, don't we? We hear voices from our friends, from our, from our coworkers, from our family. And there's so many voices coming at us. The best thing we can do is to recognize the voice of Jesus amongst the crowd. And you know who's also shouting? It's the enemy. Shouting lies at you. Shouting you're not worthy or you can't do it. You're not capable of doing it. I am sorry, but that is not the voice of Jesus Christ. Because I read in his word, he has way more for me. He has greater things for me. That is the absolute truth. We need to know how to recognize his voice. So I want you guys to turn to, to John again. I'm going to go to chapter 10, and this is verse 22. This is the message version. And this is Jesus. He's walking around his father's house, the temple in Jerusalem. And it says this, They were celebrating Hanukkah just then in Jerusalem. It was winter, 
Jesus was strolling in the temple across Solomon's porch. It's kind of like the uh, courtyard of the temple. The Jews circling him said, how long are you going to keep us guessing? If you're the Messiah, tell us straight out. Jesus answered, I told you, but you don't believe. Everything I have done have been authorized by my father. Actions that speak louder than words. You don't believe because you're not my sheep. My sheep recognize my voice. I know them and they follow me. Now guess, get this, what, what chapter did we just read? John 10. We're not talking John chapter 2 here. We're talking 10, which means a lot of stuff has happened between 1 and 10. What did he do? He turned the water into wine. He fed the multitudes. He healed the blind and the lame. He, he delivered people that, uh, of, of demons. He has proclaimed that he is the light of the world and the Father has sent him. Jesus was really clear on who he was and why he came. Then the Jews surrounding him in the temple ask, how long are you going to keep us guessing, Jesus? Isn't that ridiculous? Isn't that like, Jesus made very clear who he was. It was them that was guessing. Oh, are you him or are you not? Are you the Messiah? And I have to say this. They didn't recognize him because they had poor voice recognition. They had very bad voice recognition because they were looking for someone with a different voice. I don't know, maybe more manly. I don't know. I don't, I don't know Jesus' actual voice when he was here on earth. Maybe he didn't look the part. Maybe they're looking for someone that's, I am the Messiah and I will free you from the Romans by the power of God and the power of Elijah. You know, they were looking for something. But they looked at Jesus and they didn't see the, that whatever it was. He had a ragtag bunch of guys, a bunch of fishermen, a bunch of notorious sinners he was hanging out with. He did some stuff and it's like he didn't do it right. He, he broke the Sabbath by healing someone. Like, oh, that's bad. So they had, they, they, they didn't, he didn't fit the mold. And so they were looking for the wrong voice. And Jesus was right in front of them and saying, I am he that has come. I am the one that you were waiting for. But you didn't believe me when I told you, did, did you? And he makes something really clear here. You didn't believe me? Why? Because you are not my sheep. And how do you become one of the sheep of Jesus? Well, it's really easy. You rely on him. You trust him. You depend on him. They didn't. They were still guessing. You give your life to him. Like, you know what? I depend on you. You think about the sheep and the shepherd. Don't you think the sheep, I mean, sheep, think about what survival skills does sheep have? I mean, really think about that. I mean, a wolf comes and what, what weapon do they have in their arsenal? I will wool you to death. Well, you know, like if, if danger comes, what do they do? They do this. Help. <laughs> you know, they don't have much. I remember when I was in the 90s when Pastor Tisha Falcon, when, remember you guys, she came here? She had a camp called His Dumb Sheep. <laughs> and sheep are dumb. And they need a shepherd. They need to know the, the Lord's voice. They need to know the shepherd's voice for survival. Their survival depends on it. They're, whether they're going to jump off a cliff or they're going to walk off a cliff. They're like, nope, don't go off there. Or they're going to walk right into a wolf. Or they need to know where the pen is. Or if they get lost, they need to go, hey, sheep, come over here. And our potential, the survival our, of our potential depends on us hearing the voice of Jesus Christ. Because he's the one guiding us, saying, no, don't go there. 
Don't do that. That's not a good choice. You know what? Do this. Go over here. No, go over here. Here's where it's safe. Okay, now you can take a little bit of risk here, but I'm right here. I got your back. That's a good shepherd. And that's when you recognize his voice. That's when we know where to go and what to do. But here's the thing. Here's the million-dollar question, isn't it? How do you know it's God's voice? How do you recognize God's voice? I hear that question all the time in many churches. People who have been Christians for years ask, how do you know it's God's voice? And I can't tell you for certain, but I can give you three pointers of like, you know what, I, I can get to the point where, yeah, that's God's voice. I gave you little, three little pointers here. The first one is, get to know Jesus. And I know that sounds really simple, like, yeah, I'm in church, that's why I'm trying to get to know Jesus. Well, how many guys, when someone calls you, whether it's a spouse or a parent or daughter, son or whatever it is, when they call you, you don't have to look at the ID. As soon as they say, hello, you know exactly who they are. Come on, husbands, you better raise your, you know, you better say, yeah, because your wife's like, you better know who I am. Right? When my wife calls me, it's like, hey, honey, I know exactly who she is. The problem is her sister has the same exact voice, and I've called her, I've called her when she, we were dating. I'm like, hey, honey, you're not my honey, are you? Can you get grace, please? It's embarrassing. But I know my wife's voice. But here's the thing. I didn't tell Grace. Grace, you know what? Can you call me from different numbers and see if I recognize your voice? Can you just test me? Like random numbers like, hello? Hey, honey. Oh, you're not? Okay. Hey, honey. I didn't do that. What did I do? Here's what I did. I hung out with my wife. I hung out with my, my girlfriend. I, I got to know her. I went surfing with her. I took her out on dates. We went to the movies. We had just long discussions about our future and whatever it is. And then one day she called me, and then when I, I knew her voice because I, I talked to her. I built a relationship. One of the greatest things that Jesus Christ did on the cross, other than forgiving us and giving us freedom, is that he made us his friend and that we can have a relationship with him. That we can have this this back and forth. And my advice to you is get to know him. You know what? If you start praying and talking to him, you know what might happen? He might talk back. He actually might say something. And you're like, wow, we're having a conversation here. Because he absolutely does. Get to know Jesus. The second piece of advice of how to recognize Jesus' voice is know his word. I know this is a simple thing, but read his Bible. Read the Word of God. Meditate on it. Memorize scriptures. That's why we do devotions. Why is this important? Because I, I, there's a lot of, I've heard a lot of Christians say, I still don't know the voice of the Lord. Well, you know what's a quick way to hear the voice of the Lord? Read something he already said. Read something that's already written down that's a promise that he's already told you about, that already shares his heart. You might go to your grave and not know the, Lord, the voice of the Lord, whatever, whatever it is. But all I know is I have the word of God that tells me what he said and his heart for me. And that's easy because if we know the word in our heart, then the other voices will contrast against the truth of the Lord. I mean, think about Jesus when he fought the, the devil for 40 days. He went on this, right, he, 40 days. And the devil tempted him with all this kind of stuff. You know what he combated the devil with? Not with like this Holy Spirit stuff and whatever, you know. What did he do? He threw scriptures at him. Yes. He threw the word of God that was already written down. 
He threw it at him and he defeated the devil in those 40 days and he started his ministry. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? We have to know his word. The last thing, the last piece of advice, the third thing that I think uh, how to recognize Jesus' voice is to ask for wisdom. That you would just ask, just plainly ask God, God, give me wisdom. Which means that God will give you his thoughts and that you would think like Jesus because his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So you're basically asking, can you give me your higher thoughts that when I, I could think like you? There's a lot of times, and I'm not, I'm not dissing prayer because we should pray, but there's a lot of times when a choice comes and, well, I better pray about it. But I think for a lot of us, we already kind of know the answer because we know what Jesus would do. And he doesn't have to like, well, you better do this, Tom. It's in our heart because we asked for wisdom. We asked for something that was beyond our normal thinking. And here's the thing. The most amazing thing is, in John 1.5, it says this. In James, James 1.5, it says this. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. This is a promise from God. And I, I don't know why God doesn't answer some prayers and he answers other prayers, but I know one thing. There's one prayer he always answers. It's this one right here. Jesus, give me wisdom. Give me direction. Tell me your thoughts. Tell me where to go. How to live this life. He will always give me wisdom. I, I, this is something I've, 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 I've read this verse. I've known this verse since I became a Christian. And I'm always like, God, give me wisdom. God, give me wisdom. And when the, when the rubber meets the road, when I had to make a decision, for some reason, boom, I made the right decision. It wasn't perfect, but at least I was tapping into his thought. Is that good? That's one key? Yes. Voice recognition. So, so vital. I promise it's so vital that we, we know his voice. The second key is to have unshakable confidence. Unshakable confidence. The other word for that is to have faith in the Lord, have a strong faith. I wanted to give you guys something that was so, wasn't so Christianese, but you, <laughs> that you would have unshakable confidence, strong faith in the Lord. It's vital for your potential to be unlocked. It really is. Turn to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is a famous chapter, if you don't know. It's uh, called the Hall of Faith chapter. It's because it's, it's all about faith. And actually, it showcases a lot of the heroes, he, heroes? The Hebrews, and the <laughs> heroes of the faith uh, in the Old Testament that had faith. And they didn't stand out because of their gift or their talent or their smarts. You know why they stood out? Because of their unshakable confidence in the Lord. They stood out, and so they made this list. It's an amazing list. So go home and read Hebrews chapter 11. But it starts off with this, this, in verse 1. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Now, I think this is, the, this is the best definition of faith you can find in the Bible or anywhere. Because I love it because it's saying you should have a confidence 
and an assurance of the unknown. That you have a confidence and assurance of things that have not happened yet. That you have a confidence and assurance of things that are invisible. Isn't that weird? But that's faith, isn't it? Okay, another example, and this is the only, every time I think about faith and every time I teach about faith, whether I say this or not, I always think about this. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Anybody? Yes. Come on. If you don't know that movie, rent it. Or, or just Google or YouTube that part. Uh, there was one part where Indiana Jones had all these tests because he was trying to get the, the, the chalice. But he had to do all these tests. And he came to one test called the leap of faith. Anybody remember this? So he came to this, this cliff and he came to it and he's like, oh man, the other, other side was where the chalice was. But there was this big chasm, this big gap. And he was reading the thing where he, he's like, what, what test is this? It's called the leap of faith. So he's like, what, am I supposed to like leap? Like what's going on? It's way too far and he's going to die. So he decided to do this. Indiana Jones and all of his wisdom decided to do this. And I love this, the picture, I just see this. He just took his hand out and he just fell forward. Then he landed, you're like, what? Just landing in midair. There was an invisible bridge there. Oh, come on. They showed it like, ooh, it's invisible. It's like, wow, he's standing there. It was his leap of faith. He, he didn't leap, what did he do? He stepped into the unknown, into the invisible. That is what faith is all about. Now, let me tell you, that's, you're probably thinking, okay, now I'm, you're telling me to have an unshakable confidence in the Lord, unshakable, strong faith. Because I, I know this, because I'm preaching it to you right now. But the worst thing I can do to you right now is go, hey guys, have unshakable faith and have a good day. Go and do it. You're like, what? I'm still a little shaky. How do you get there? What's going on? Well, I have at least a little, I have three. I always work in threes. I love working in threes. I have three things to give you to help you to build your faith, to, to, get, to make it unshakable. Maybe it's a little shaky right now. Well, let's get it a little bit better. And this might sound simple, but I think it's huge advice. The first thing I want to tell you to get unshakable faith is to give God a shot. To give Him a shot. You're thinking, well, that's easy. Well, you know what? Some of us don't even give God a shot because we're in control. We don't want to give him a shot. We think our way is better. We're the dumb sheep going, mm, I'd rather fall off this cliff. And we think that's the better way. And we think, no, I don't want to give you a shot. A lot of us just need to just give him, give him this opportunity. Go, okay, God, I'm going to give you a chance. I mean, that's why we made the Empower Center, which we're going to keep for the rest of this um, series. We got the Empower Center out there to see if you want to start volunteering here. Because here's what we believe. We believe if you start doing something, anything, you could be just doing, passing out bulletins at the door. We know if you start doing that, you might feel the joy of the Lord. You might feel the, the joy of fellowship amongst other people and go, whoa, you're doing something. You might feel this like, I'm helping out. I'm the body of Christ. Because that's where I started. And it, it just ignites you go, wait, I can do, wait, maybe I can do more. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm doing a dance. I don't, I don't mean to do that. Maybe you can do more. Maybe you can do this. Well, I'm gonna, and I, I know that that's going to open the door for, for who knows what. I mean, think about Tammy again, right? Pastor Tammy started cutting donuts, cutting the glazed donuts in the courtyard. 
And you would say that opened the door for her becoming, that's weird, a pastor at Hope Chapel Kanye Bay. Whether you become a pastor or not, I'm just saying, give God a shot. Actually, you know who gave God a shot? Go to Hebrews, go down a little bit, go to Hebrews 11.31. The story of Rahab. Rahab was a citizen of Jericho, and the Israelites were coming to take over the city of Jericho. And Rahab heard about God, heard all these stories about the amazing things that he did in the wilderness, like the parting of the Red Sea. So like God's reputation for seed is like, whoa, what's going on with this guy? And here's what it says in Hebrews 11, because Rahab made the hall of faith. And here, here's what it says about her. It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God. For she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Can I remind you guys that she was a prostitute? Probably the lowest of the low in the city. But she was the one that, wait, I want to give this God that I'm hearing about, this God that you believe in, I want to give him a shot. And what did he do? He gave God, for God's people, a welcoming, a friendly welcome. Come on, come on in. I want to try this out. Let's see what happens. And the rest of the story was, she became part of the Israelite community and was taken out of that. And the rest of the city was destroyed and she lived because of her faith. She gave God a shot. The second piece of advice I want to give you is that you would take a step. Just like Indiana Jones. That you would take a step of faith into the unknown. Because a lot of us, okay, God, I'll give you a shot. And then God's going, well, do this. Huh? What? And it's scary, and it's unknown, and we don't know what's going to happen. But God's going, take a step. Try it. Try it. See what happens. And God's going to ask us to do an action. Further on in this chapter in Hebrews 11, the story of Abraham. You guys know the story of Abraham? The father of the Israelite nation? Well, God picked him because of his faith. You believe in me? Okay. And he told Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to give you the promised land, a land that I promise you. So Abraham's, okay, cool, right on, I'll take that. I believe in your God. Give me the, give me the promise that. Where is it? I'm not going to tell you. God didn't tell him. But he started walking anyway. Hebrews 11.8 says this. Abraham went without knowing where he was going. I mean, think about that. Let's just picture what that looks like. Abraham's like, God, I believe in you. You're going to give me a promise sign? Okay. That good? Oh, 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 no, oh. Okay. Okay. We're good? I mean, how many steps did he have to take without asking a question? But he took a step after step after step after step, and you already ended up in the promised land, which still exists to this day, by the way. The nation of Israel was created from a man who took a step of faith. I think that's amazing that he's, he went out into the unknown. The last piece of advice I want to give you to make you an unshakable faith for you is to give him credit when he actually comes through. That you actually give him the praise. When you, actually, when, you, when you give him a shot and you take a step and you, you land on the invisible bridge and go, whoa! That you would give glory to God when that happens. Because here's the tendency and here's my tendency is that I would give him a shot, I would take a step, and when God comes through, you know who would take the credit? I will take the credit. 
Hey, look at me. I took a step. Look at that leap I took. Well, I prayed for someone and they got healed. Wow, I'm good. Hot hands, Landeza, watch out. And if I'm not careful, I could take the credit and be not humble and be big-headed about it. But my advice to you, when he actually pulls through, because he will, let me tell you, he will. When you take a shot, you take a step, then you praise him for it. I love coming in here after a good week when I hear that God has done great things in my life or when I've experienced God, and I get to praise the Lord with all you guys and celebrate him because of the things that he's done in my life. And here's the thing, when you give him praise and you don't take credit for it and you give credit where credit is due, it makes it so much easier to give him another shot. And then when you give him another shot, you can take another step. And when you take another step, guess what? You get to give him glory again. And if you do that over and over again, guess what? You're gonna find yourself in a place going, whoa, he did that? He did that? He pulled me out of that. You're going to find yourself with a pretty firm foundation, a pretty firm faith in the Lord. But where did it start? I want to give God a shot. So my, my, my advice to you, just start somewhere. Take a, take a step. Give Him the glory when He comes through. Here's a woman that did exactly that, that came to our service. She lives on the Big Island. She came to our service for one Sunday. And this is what happened. Check it out. Aloha, my name is Janette. Um, I live on the big island of Hawaii in Kukui Ha'ele. I've come to know the Lord back in, I would say when I was 10 years old, but I was in and out. Mom and dad took us to church. 80 is when I really committed to knowing, to knowing God and, and I just, I'm thankful that I got to know him all these times. My injury started from, was back in July. Um, I went to actually, it really started from me bending over to pick up a piece of paper. I was off balance and I tried to avoid falling backwards and I went sideways and I got up and there was a little, my, my back was bothering me then. And then I went to pull out the cast iron pan from the oven, but this time I pulled it and instead went to lift, it locked me up. I just, it locked my back and I just was, went into pain. A shock went up through my back. And the pain wasn't really, it wasn't in my back, but it was more in my leg and my hip. And it was a burning sensation in the knee. The thighs were um, a throb. Um, from my knee to my ankles, between my knee and my ankle, it was a, a tingling feeling going on there. There was like a, um, like a cord that goes from the groin area to the knee, started to pull, so the pain was intense. My sister Sandy, yeah, she does um, massage therapy, Lomi. So she couldn't come here and mom was flying out to Oahu, so mom wanted me to fly with her to get worked on by Sandy. And, you know, I was kind of wavering about that, but I'm glad I went because on Sunday morning at church, and there was a song that said, Christ is enough for me. And um, that touched me because Christ is enough for me. And, and I think we need to be reminded of that all the time. I walked into church with a cane, hunched over in pain, not wanting to really go and sit or stand or do anything. I just needed the pain to go away. And as services was going on, the pain was getting more intense. 
And um, Cheryl, who attends Hope Chapel, she was the one that said, let's go for prayers. And I'm thinking she needs the prayers. She's going for her prayers. And it was for me. And we, you know, God is so good. And I asked for healing on my leg. I asked for healing and for health, to pray for my health, but heal my leg. And as she was praying, I felt my feet shaking and it was just shaking and I thought, wow, what's going on? I had to open and look in, open my eyes and look down and see my, my feet shaking. But to hear later on the story that my whole body was shaking and I didn't realize my whole body was shaking, but just my feet. And then I thought to get up. When I stood up, I just said, oh, I didn't feel any pain. And when I stood up, no pain. I did squats three times, standing squats, and I was so amazed that no pain, and I walked. Still no pain, and I walked further, and I just said, thank you, Jesus, thank you, God, that everyone crossed my path. I was giving high fives because I was so excited that I was healed right then, and, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful for hope chapel. I'm thankful for the prayer warriors. I'm thankful that my mom and my sisters were there and I'm just so thankful that even now that you're here to have to travel and come to the island just to do this testimony. I, I believe that God is our healer. I just pray that, that who's ever going to be watching and listening to this interview that God moves in them in a mighty way and heals them from all their pains and their broken hearts and whatever is going on in their life. Um, trust, that's what I can say, just trust. Trust our Lord. God is awesome. God is mm, so good. cane she brought and she left this island without it Isn't amazing and I love that because we get to look at this and go whoa that's a miracle right there here's a monument here's something we're gonna hold on to and remind ourselves our God is incredible like our, our God is amazing And here's the thing, I think physically, God can heal us. I think spiritually, emotionally, he wants to heal us too. And in that, he's gonna unlock our potential. And what is, what is this faith thing, what does unshakable confidence have to do with your potential? Everything in the whole world. And here's two things why I think it's important that we have unshakable faith when it comes to our potential and achieving what God has for us. First and foremost, it gives us this boost of energy, this hope, this confidence, this assurance that despite my current talent and skill and potential, wherever I, wherever I am in life, that God can give me the ability to do something that I thought I could never do. I could do something that I thought I was never capable of doing. That when you go like this and go, oh, okay, I'm gonna jump into this ministry or whatever, serving the Lord, I don't know if I'm good enough, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm worthy enough, but I don't know, you said that, giving you a shot, okay. 
and that he would give you the boost to do that. The other thing I think having an unshakable confidence in the Lord does to our potential is it gives us an expectation for the future plan that he has for us, for the future thing that he's going to do through us. We've we got to have an expectancy that God's going to do something. Because here's the thing. A lot of us think we're going to just end up here. And that's our potential. And that's what we'll ever, ne- ever be. And we'll never, ever come above that. I mean, think about Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute. And I don't know her complete story, but I was wondering if it's something that she just kind of, yeah, I'm just going to be a prostitute. And that's my, what my mom was. And that's what I'll ever be. And I'm going to be stuck there. And that's, that's just it. That's my stage in life. That's my place in this world is to be a prostitute. One day, God's people came in. She welcomed them. She gave them a shot. She took a step of faith. And in that moment, she became a member of the the Israelite community. She became um, someone that was written in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. And in that moment, in that instant, in that story, God blew the roof of what she thought her potential was. God blew the roof off of it because he showed her his potential and his glory and his plan. Are you hearing me? And God wants the same thing for you. He wants to blow the roof of what you think you are capable of. He wants to blow the roof off of it. I want to pray over that for you guys. I want that to happen for you. I know for myself, God has more for me. I want that too. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, I want to thank you for everyone here, God. I just see so much possibilities. And maybe a lot of us are are realizing what you have for us. But Lord, I I, I know for a fact there's more. There's more. And I want to grasp everything that you have for us, Lord. I want everything that you have for me. And Lord, I just pray for, for everyone here that we would take these two keys. Voice recognition and unshakable confidence. That we would know your voice, that we'd get to know you, that we'd know your word, that you, you would give us wisdom. That you would build our, our faith, and wherever our faith is right now, maybe it's shaky, maybe it's strong. Lord, that either way, that we'd give you a shot, that we'd take a step, and that we'd give you the glory afterwards. Lord, guide us in that, Lord. Give us that, Lord. And unlock our potential. Unlock the gifts and the skills and the talents that you've given us already. I want to say one more prayer, and that prayer is for anyone here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I want to make sure everyone here is a follower of God, follower of Jesus. So I'm going to give, I'll give you an opportunity to say a prayer with me in a couple minutes, and that prayer is going to say, Jesus Christ, I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe because of the cross, I am forgiven of sin. I am free of guilt and shame. And that you have set me free. And because of that, I will give you my life. I will follow you, Jesus. I want to become a born-again Christian, a follower of you. Maybe you've walked away. Maybe this is the time to come back. You're rededicating. You've backslid. And you're coming back to him and going, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Well, this prayer is for you as well. But I want to know who's going to be praying with me just really quick. I'm going to count to three. 
And when I hit three, all I ask is that you raise your hand, just shoot your hand up, and you're saying, Pastor Tom, I want to pray with you to dedicate or rededicate my life to Jesus Christ. And then we'll pray. So here we go. Hope you guys are ready. I'm going to count to three, and on three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Anybody here? We got one. Anybody else? You? Anybody else? We got two. We got three. Awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else? Incredible. Just raise your hand real high. Got another one. Awesome. Four. Anybody else? Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for doing that. All right, put your hand down. Just say this prayer like it's your own. Jesus, I come before you right now, and I give you my life. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe because of that I am free, and I'm forgiven of sin. Lord, I don't know how you did it, but I know you're powerful. And because of that, I give you my life, and I will follow you. You are my Lord and my Savior. The most awesome thing, too, is you're my friend. I get to talk to you, and you get to talk back to me, and we get to build a relationship together. Praise you for that. Love you for that. In Jesus, precious name, we all say. Amen. Let's give those people a hand.